come correct. Good morning, Vietnam. What's going on, Bay Softers and listeners to the Bay Podcast? This is episode numero ocho. Tonight we have on Michael Donald, so say what's up, Mike. Hello, hello. And then we got two fellas with their beards growing back from Operation MacArthur. We have Toddy. Yo. And then we also have Steven. Yo, yo, yo. All right, guys, so let's get down to business here. We'll talk about um, Indian Country 2019 that happened July 12th at Atlas Airsoft in New Jersey. It was a brand new field. Um, you guys, right? It was the first event that they had at that field, right? Correct. Yeah, it was. So what you guys, what was your first impression of the field? There wasn't really much um, built up there, but um, it kind of was cool. bushwhacking, that's what yeah. you got. Yeah. Lots of bushes. Good. You know what? The field is nice because it's, varied enough where it seemed like you had patties and then you would kind of just come up on these nice little um what's the word i'm looking for dikes and you just run it via berm dikes and then it was uh just kind of up and down so it had a, a good feel to it and there was plenty of woods around yeah you know it's funny there was kind of like a grid of berms uh that i mean they more or less served as uh msrs the entire weekend pretty much of course, uh, myself, Roman, and CJ ignored that and just walked through the water the entire time. But um, yeah, uh, it was a it was a good field. I honestly, I know they're going to build it up because they got to appeal to the everyday airsofter. But if the field was like that again, with maybe a more cleared out area for um, a fire base, I would love it. I believe that's the goal. Um, I mean, everything is going to be a work in progress. So, I mean, listen, they, like you said, it's got plenty of potential, and hopefully they don't overkill it with too many structures, you know? Like, let's space it out and just make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, that field... Yeah, at the end of the day, being able to play on a virgin field like that is a great experience. Like, there's no trails, which is a plus and a minus. Yes. But it's like such a new experience where you actually take your time trying to figure out where you're going because it's not like you know it's like the back of your hand it was a really fun experience yeah actually it's funny that it being so raw it was tough to get your bearings i actually had to use my compass all weekend nice and point people in the right direction um a lot of guys were getting somewhat lost there you know so it um yeah it was cool i liked it i uh it was a good varying terrain. It was pretty flat, so it didn't kill you too much. Um, you know, I think building a fire base and for next year will make the event better. Um, how do you guys felt that as, you know, part of the staff for Anchor and Star, how do you guys felt that the event went uh, all around? I think overall it went fairly well. I mean, like you said, you know, it's new territory overall, so the thing is you kind of got to play into that. You know, like, 
it's not like things can go as you want because guys get lost, guys get, you know, redirected. You just kind of got to go with the flow, and that kind of adds a little something extra to it. Right. What about yeah, you, Stephen? Kind of, like, nerve-wracking because we were scrambling to find the field last minute because our venue got canceled, what, two months in advance from our game? Yeah. So I was really really nervous about this field what it was going to be like and we made it work and we had a lot of fun now that was like the thing that shocked me the most it's like i had a lot of fun i laughed i smiled i got nervous as i had to play vc at night holy crap how do you guys do it (laughs) yeah we um that last major assault that we did on your base poor george was just Puking. He was like shooting his gun and puking at the same time. It was just bad. It was just hot. That was like the hottest weekend of the summer. So I I can't really even be mad at him or blame him. Like he, we cre- we crept for like three hours to get into position until the you know and waited for the sun to go down. And he was like not feeling well and taking naps. You know we we were making sure he drank water and um you know I. I I didn't know he was that bad, to be honest. Um, he didn't say anything either. He was just hanging out. He would take a nap. We'd give him some water. <laughs> like I said, um, I felt if he was really bad, he probably would have tapped out then, but he didn't. He stuck, you know, he stuck through it. That's where you – announcement to all airsoft players, please drink before the games, drink during the games. You know, you just Gatorade, small little Gatorade, throw, you know – Two a day, just water. Drink lots of water. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. You know, we we're not we're not here. We want to see you have fun. We don't want to see you hurt yourselves or you know, uh, just, just we want you to have fun. <laughs> Please yeah. just drink the water. <laughs> yeah, I think that's two years in a row. Indian country got heat waves during the game too. Yeah, this is that July, man. It's July. And the, the, the part was the beach was literally like half a mile from us. All I wanted to do was go there. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I mean, my overall take from it was that it was a good, simple event. Uh, you know, the numbers were like you guys had decent numbers for, you know, good patrols and stuff like that. The MVA numbers were really good for sneaking around. So, it, you know, it, it was a good balanced uh, game. You know, it was really well-balanced gameplay. Yeah, definitely turned out very well. And you know what? I was say, hopefully we get more guys in and we can have uh, the, the field set up a little better and just keeps getting, keeps going up. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, for next year, I'm going to ask, um, and Mike, I'm going to bring you into into this now. Let's, let's make it an issue. Or not an issue. It's not an issue. It's more of a... a uh, request, um, Mike, CJ, and myself were wondering, and this may not be you guys to ask yet, but we were thinking if you guys need um, a reconnaissance element or a LERP team, we wanted to do that next year, and I really want to do that on that field next year. That field would be amazing for uh, like a LERP patrol. And, like we go out Friday and be like, all right, guys, you know, Friday morning we go out and we'd be like, all right, see you Sunday morning. That's my goal. <laughs> So, I mean... Yeah, I would say that field could definitely use... Yeah, I think you guys would definitely have a grand old time doing that. Yeah, and um, we just... 
Well, you know, we're going to talk about um, Holiday in Cambodia next um, next episode. But I just, from what I learned doing that event as the LERP team, is that the LERP team needs to be out there way earlier than the, uh, you know, the main infantry force, the main, you know, the grunt force, I guess, the grunt element. They need to be out there way, 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 way before. Like always, you, always taking notes. Yeah, you can't go out there at the same time. Yeah, and honestly, I can't think of three better guys I'd want out there doing it because I know you guys play hard and play real. So you're getting a mission, you're going to do it. You're going to actually do the recon. You're not going to go guns blazing. No. You'll let them walk five feet in front of you and won't even pull the trigger. Yeah, that's what we did yesterday. And I, you know, and I kept on telling, you know, my dad was the command uh for the GIs, and I kept on telling them, like, yo, I feel like we're not contributing because we're not getting into position early enough to give the the main grunt patrol any intel because we're we're just going too slow. We're we're not trying we're trying not to fight and avoid fights, so we're creeping slow. And they're looking for a fight, so they're just you know rushing through. Like we have to. We I was like, you know, honestly, we'd have to be out there like hours before to really be effective. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of like goes that goes back to a few episodes uh, ago where Mike and I were talking about the LERP team at Doc Siang. And I was like, yeah, it's just tough to pull off. It's hard. So um, so you guys, you have any takeaways or anything like that from Indian country that you would want to implement next year? You know, even on a field that you do know, there's always things that can be, uh, you know, tweaked or sorted out a little bit better. And frankly, I was like, like you said, you know what? It's a virgin field, so it's all fresh territory. So we just, there's a lot that can be worked on. Right. For me, takeaways that I found was, one, going to your guys' game, a long patrol is a crap ton of fun. I would like maybe like one uh, good long patrol in our game and a little less downtime at base in like the after lunch break. Right. I felt this year we got a little lackadaisical because we had shade where we were, so everyone was just hanging out for a while. And I'm like, um, we need to get everybody out of base right now. Right. That's really why I I really like the, the format we use for our big August, you know, the, the bays. August event, which was like Operation Junction City and Operation MacArthur, and in 2020 Operation Cochise Green, is that the base is out of play. So like, it it technically does make it comfortable for you to stay there because you're not you know to worry about getting shot. You can kind of be relaxed. Yeah. But it's like, use it when you need to because you're going to be out there for the next three hours. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's like, all right, like rest up for two hours. Because you're going to be back out there for the next three hours, if not the entire night, which we tried. Obviously, you know, it got rained out. But that's kind of the format we followed. So, yeah, if you, I mean, for us from the NVA point of view, we did have a long patrol um, going into Saturday night. So, I mean, it is possible for you guys. Like, you, you can do it. Like, uh, um, that's really what I would, uh, I would say – you know, my advice would be, yeah, follow that suit, you know. It's good advice. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, you guys, um, 
yeah, I'm glad you guys came to Operation MacArthur too. Uh, you guys were good additions, and you know. I was like, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, it was. Um, did you? We'll take we, this. Next year, when I come, Hollywood, I'm going to be coming with the beard, and you're going to get to shave me. I am super down with that. Because I'm going to try. I, I'm going to try. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I'm I don't think I'm going to do this. But I, I always keep, I keep joking that I would love to get my master barber license just to be able to straight shave people like for real. Uh, <laughs> on base, practice? I, I, I like to try. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, other, <laughs> otherwise, we'll uh, we'll just go with the safety razor. It's totally fine. Yeah, I do. I was like thinking, I'm like, you know what? I think I should play the jerk and then I like, get pulled out and get shaved in front of everybody. That'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. I would enjoy that. We that can would make be it cool. a thing. That and would I be think cool. I deserve it after the crap I put you guys through last year. <laughs> or this year. What time? All good, man. When did you guys get there? You guys got there Friday. You guys made you guys made there, that first I patrol, right? Late Friday night because Phil and I both got slammed with work. Oh. So, like I started with a new company that week. So it's like, crap, I can't take off. Yeah. I'm only here for two weeks. I gotta work. You, so you guys missed that first Friday night patrol, right? Or that Friday afternoon patrol? I rolled in when you guys were leaving. Oh, because that honestly, that might have been my favorite patrol um, of, yeah. of the weekend. But so, so just a warning. You know, we're, we're Mike and I are probably going to say this every episode. Take Friday off. Get if you have to do it now. Or you, you know, I I know usually around the new year they they. You know, like the, a lot of the municipal jobs, they give you the choices like around that time, around New Year's. Like, just get that Friday off. Just get it off. Um, right. Well, that's, you know what? That's why, you know, make sure you update your calendars and make sure you have most of your dates set for people that right. need to take the time off like yeah. that. We're going to sound like broken records by the end of the year, but um, just get it off. Like, everyone should. It just, it just, it, it's going to make it so much better. Like, and, and honestly, it's, Friday is always going to be for for us. It's like game on. Event starts Friday at like two o'clock. Four, you know, between two and four o'clock, it's event on. You know, and um, that's our goal. That's what we want to do. Uh, I think it. I think for all the effort we put in with the uh, base, it has to be like longer because there's too much stuff to be like. All right, we're gonna put this up for one one or two nights. Like it needs to be up there for, you know, three what? nights. So. We're gonna probably yeah. be there Wednesday next year, and maybe do light stuff on Thursday night, you know, just to like have something going on. And then Friday would be like, all right, it's it's nineteen sixty seven. Well, actually, I'm sorry, nineteen sixty eight Vietnam now. Um, Stephen, I remember you you said a really cool thing about when you pulled in and you saw like the uh, gatehouse, you know, the the guardhouse and the and the gate. Oh, yeah, like, at the gatehouse, like, the guy gives you, like, the sign-in paper, which would be the waiver for you to sign, so they all get taken care of out of the way. Yes. Like, I loved, like, coming in, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I love this little thing. Yeah, we're... He hated his shack, but I was like, dude, what you pulled out in such a short time, this thing is great. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna tweak it. even ran a phone wire from the shack to the Yatak, that was great, too. Yeah, we had phones from... The company HQ to the talk, and then from the gatehouse to the talk is pretty cool. 
But yeah, we're gonna tweak um, we're gonna tweak the uh, guardhouse uh, check-in process a little differently next year. Like, um, I think waivers are gonna be signed right then and there, so you can't even get on to base without signing the waiver. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys know how it is. We're like Mike, myself, Darius, and CJ are already like talking about what's what we're going to do for next year. It's crazy. So. Yeah, it's usually like a two-week break from your team, and then, all right, now that it's still fresh, you're recovered, let's talk. I know. And, like, we we, all, we were talking about it yesterday, too. Like, we have, like, no – like, we have, like, a feeling of, like, no purpose now. It's like, what do, what do I do with myself? It's crazy. Like, you know, like, at this point, we're like, all right, let's just start working on Operation Cochise Green again. You know, you know now it's, like, a, the next Vietnam game. So brainstorming time. Yep. Now. Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is the Ragnaroker two series, Wrath of Skull, which everyone's involved in. <laughs> uh, so first off, most important part of this um, event update is the venue, which we currently don't have a venue yet, which is really uh, nerve-wracking to me. We're a month away from the event. Um, it was supposed to be scheduled at Cookies, and it just um, like fell through. So we're looking for new venues. Once the venue is set, um, we'll put the tickets live. I may even put the tickets live beforehand, and then you know, worst case scenario, we'll move we'll move the uh, date or the venue if we have to. Um, I just you know I just wanted to do this event in October because I still want to build up to at least an overnight event of the Ragnarokker series in 2020. So I really want to get this event out before it gets too cold and um, the year ends. So. Um, I know, Todd, this might be one of your favorite series or favorite events to do. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what you're planning for this event as the sapper of the, the Fangs of Fenrir? I don't want to say too much. Um, but watch where you step. Maybe that's that's all I need. I know you you've been prepping and showing everyone pictures in the uh, Fangs of Fenrir group, uh, all your all your little goodies that you've been getting ready for. You know, getting ready with. Um, my my goal was to like start thinking about stuff because I don't want to put myself into like you know to wait till like a couple weeks before and then. Usually that's how I operate. Like a week or two before, I'll get like my uniform together. But okay, I need this. I need this. Let me bring this. But this game, I'm not just here to sling BBs. You know, I'm here to do a little bit more. Right. So I figure if I start to prep myself now, I can kind of tweak with things. I can figure out some a couple other items. Uh, so that's the goal, pretty much, for my little posting is to kind of get people excited, to let them see what I have. Maybe they can give me ideas, and as a fang, we just kind of work off each other. Right. And all three of you guys on this uh, podcast right now are going to be fangs. 
Fucking yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So and um, yeah, I've actually yeah. I've actually increased the number of thanks because as the story goes, what's happening in Volkland is that it's an all-out civil war. So it's the Volkland Defense Force versus, and they're fighting against the you know different. They're smaller. They're, I guess, different factions within this rebellious, you know, uh, rebellion. You know, this rebel force. I guess we call it. You know, it has like, like the fangs. Like cells. Well, it's not really cells. It's the the fangs of Fenrir are like one group, and then there's like you know patriots from the root. You know, the country of Rukin that fell in the early 2000s so there are a few guys who think that you know Rukin should be back or its own you know as its own country and then there's other people upset with the mining of the vocolium and the oil going on um in the country so there are a lot of different groups like the fangs of Fenrir aren't aren't the only rebel group because they're you know they're actually a fairly smaller group that opposes the government and they've been trying to unite all these groups and now that's happened and there's a lot of the cities in the northern parts of the the island in the country have been either captured or they're un, you know under under attack and the VDF is now trying to clean it up basically so um we're adding another element also for the VDF, which is called the TSG or Terror Scenario Group. They're kind of like the GSG-9 or the uh, DEVGRU, the you know, anti-terrorist uh, unit of the Volkland Defense Force. They'll be in there. They're going to be as they're going to be there as players, but also as like a character players or there to push the story of the event. They'll have a special role, and they're you know they're going to be part of the the missions and stuff like that for the VDF. Obviously, the 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 Fangs and the Rebels are actually um, opt for as how this event is formatted. Uh, you guys are more or less staff as far as Bay and the event are concerned. Um, you know, we've we talked about the Ragnaroker series in the uh, maybe three, four uh, podcast episodes ago, right before the you know the first Ragnaroker event. Um, Steven, I know you said it so well. Do you want to talk about how being op four and a dedicated op four is different than other shoot 'em up events? Yeah. So one of the things that I love about being an op four is to me as like putting on so many games now and helping other people put on games I feel it helps drive the fun level up because I'm not pushing like for kills I'm pushing to harass guys and get the crap shot out of me by guys I also am able to fall into a character and a role and really like ham it up is not the right word because I'm not being stupid but I'm diving into it like I am going in like my old Dungeon Dragon days I'm role playing the crap out of the spot like to me it helps like give me a vision what I'm supposed to be doing how I'm supposed to be acting like if I see my comrade down go back to the Viking roots I charge with my axe at somebody throw it get shot and these guys said holy crap what was that and they're like that was awesome 
so yeah, I think overall an up four force really helps for the paying players to get so much more out of a game because you're getting somebody who's going to shoot at you and make it hard, but we're also going to be playing fair, honest, you're never going to have to worry about us not calling our hits because we're staff. We're trying to make this game go forward. And yeah, we're going to present you a crap ton of targets to go after. Right. And, you know, we had a conversation um, before we started recording, if you guys want to talk about that. It's like, you know, the price of the event. I mean, yeah. um, we, you know, the tickets, depending on the field we, we get, it's probably going to be 35 to $40, which I think is a steal just for the experience you're getting. You know, between the overhead and all that stuff, we're, you know, we're not we're not out there to, like, make a killing in terms of money, but we still have to pay for all the props and operations of the event and still make somewhat of a profit to put towards future events. So if you anyone... just walk in and, you know, okay, this is this is how it's going and just go. Like, it, there's prep time, there's prep work. Yeah. And you know what? It takes a little... A little uh, greasing of the wheels, and you know what? You got to make a you got to make a couple bucks to make these things happen. Right. I've only had. I'll be honest. I've only had one person complain about the price. Now it's for a World War Two event, and it was only like thirty five bucks. I'm like, what? I mean, that's like kind of standard. I I. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I, 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 I feel like I feel like here, thirty five is going to be you know your basic just walk on. Hey. Here's an armband. Go shoot that guy. Right. If anything, you forty should be the minimum for your games at the very least, because of the time and the props and the stuff you're putting into yep. it. Yep. But that's me. Yeah. No, I, that's. I mean, I agree. That's why. That's why I price out the events the and way they are. For those that don't know, even though we are technically staffed, I'm still paying for this game. I am a player. Right. I just sit in a slightly different role than you, the rest of you guys. Right. We always. But, the rule, the unwritten, yeah, the unwritten rule we always had was if you're pulling a trigger and shooting and still having fun, you're, you know, and using the insurance, I guess you're paying. That's what we've always, always had. So yeah, like it's not like anyone's like getting uh, a profit from this. Like no one's pocketing this money. It really just goes back into uh, Broken Arrow, or if it's you know, if it's Anchor and Star, or if it's. New York City Airsoft, it all goes back into the event. I mean, New York City Airsoft just donates all the money they make. So um, that's, you know, that's why, like, we really, I I really try to keep the cost down. Um, CJ Pelosi always says, he's like, yeah, you, you actually run the tightest events in terms of cost and um, profit just in what you offer. He's like, yeah, you're like, people don't realize, like, the events that you're they're getting out of like going to the broken arrow stuff is like it is a good value you know uh so i don't know i took it as a compliment i gotta get him i gotta get him on uh one of these days that so he can actually say exactly what he said i don't remember what he said um <laughs> yeah plus like, he's got a lot of stuff to talk about too i gotta get him on um, Pelosi's awesome. yeah he makes dude he makes so much stuff um for us, you know, he actually makes all the armbands. Well, the tourniquet uh, bands. Yeah, I, love, and, I love those tourniquets. Yeah. Those tourniquets are great. Yeah, they're, uh, they're awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would love to get him on. So let's move on. 
to semi-related topic to what we just talked about, which is I I posted a, a poll in East Coast Nomsoft about the giveaway I you know the giveaway swag items for some of these bigger events and do people feel that it's worth it? Because I mean, Mike, um, if you remember, like remember the next day on Saturday, we saw a pile of like the postcards and the matchbooks and the the chew hoy bags in a pile just soaking wet. They like just someone just like a whole group of guys just got them and just threw them away. They didn't even care. Yeah, I guess so. Well, so that's a shame. Cause yeah. I, you gave me th- that first thing I did as soon as I got that postcard, I literally opened up my foot locker and I taped it inside my foot locker because I, I, I enjoy the, the little things like that. You know, I enjoy, especially your stuff, the postcard and the matches. That's great. You know, it's things I can actually like use and display. Right. Um, you know, patches are always good, but yeah, some guys just, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, uh, you know, it's no harm done, but I do enjoy those little freebies, if, you know, you want to call them that. Right, and if anyone uh, didn't go to Operation MacArthur, we gave away a button, uh, a matchbook from one of the the um, fictional venues we made, and a postcard from one of the fictional venues that we made up. And it looked really good, so there's no reason to like just throw it away like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, they're, I they're... It's shocking because, like, that's your own artwork, too. Like, you guys put your heart and soul into those things. And I'm with Todd. You get them, that's wonderful. It's a keepsake, it's a memento. Like, the letter I got from uh, MacArthur is in my footlocker. Like, that little tidbit, like, that was such an awesome piece. Like, these things you hold on, I hold on to because it reminds me of these games that I go to and the time I share. Yeah, I agree. Um, those, those letters were a nice touch. Uh, Ken did a great job writing those all out, and um, that's uh, that's actually going to be a topic also for the next episode um, that we're going to talk. You know, we'll talk about the letters and the process for getting a letter written to you. But um, yeah, I mean, back to the poll. Um, it was like pretty pretty straightforward and and heavily lopsided. I'm actually opening the poll right now. Yeah, like 30 people said yes, do it for 2020, and five people said I don't care the way, and then one person said don't even do it. So, um, so it looks like I am going to be making swag for 2020. Well, now you got something to do on your uh, downtime after games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm brainstorming. I. I honestly may just do postcards every year and then do another like little like tchotchke item like the matchbook this year. Next year will be something different. I don't know yet. Um, I'll have to think about it. I'll I, you know always come up with something. But I really like doing the postcards. I thought like having a postcard for every year would be kind of cool. You know, you start to collect. You know, start collecting them from the Broken Arrow events and stuff. Yeah, like that's that. freaking awesome. Well, yeah, that would be pretty wild. So, and there were three this year to get. So a lot of guys have been asking me for the other two that they don't have. So um, uh, there you go. I was like, I got two. I didn't. I didn't realize there was a third one. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's the. You know, the wet cat. Um, what was the wet? Uh, I was actually wearing the shirt today. Oh my god, the the wet cat um, massage parlor. Yeah, yeah, wet cat steam bath. That yeah. one. And the what is it? Balve. Oh, the. 
the propaganda one from the yes. from North Vietnam, and then there's the um, the Lotus Cabaret uh, postcard also. Oh yeah, right. all right. I'll get that one to you. That was my gift for you that I had waiting for you. Oh, damn it. Okay. So, I'll, yeah, yeah, it yeah, I'll get it for you. Um, but even that, like, you know, that, I mean, forget my time. My time is free. Yeah, like, my time is, like, donated. I'm just donating my time to the cause. That's, you know, that's my my patronage. Um, but, like, you know, the Chuhoi bags, getting the matches made, uh, the, the machine and the the materials for the buttons uh, and the postcards, they all, you know, it all adds up, you know, so it really goes back to like adding value to the events. Um, for Doxy Yang, we gave away um, a death card that had like the Bay logo on it and a little skull on it. Um, like stuff like that. It just, it just add up, but we always try to give something away. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It, like I said, uh, the, it was pretty obvious that people want the the swag, so it'll be coming back for at least from Broken Arrow for, uh, for twenty twenty. It'll be coming back. Print an entire set of playing cards, and every game everybody shows up to, they get like two or three cards, and then this way, eventually, after a certain amount of years, they'll have a complete deck to play with. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Actually, it's it, um. Yeah, let me think about that. That's actually not a bad idea. That, that's a great way for you to do your uh, to practice your pinup drawing right there. Boom. Yeah, it's true. I do have a lot more pinups in, uh, coming out. You coming out? So stay tuned for that. But all right, let's so let's um, it's another related subject. But we I posted another poll. I don't know. I was I I posted a lot of polls last week, so I that's what I, that's what I had to talk about. Um. The Vung Tau R and R destination in Vietnam. We did a poll for the T-shirt options to go with tickets for Operation Cochise Green next year in August. And currently, um, currently the the leader of like options for what you would do in Vung Tau was that most guys chose that they would go to the beach. Then in a close second, um, guys would be going to dance clubs. Then in third, it would be going to all the bars in Vung Tau. So I may do two, I may do two t-shirts. I may do three. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely will be more than one. Um, last year we did two t-shirt op- we did two t-shirt designs, but four different colors. Um, we're gonna do t-shirts a little different this year. Um, what we're going to do is you're going to order the t-shirt with your ticket and then the t-shirt will be sent to you instead of going to, you know, my place and me sorting it out. That kind of takes us out of it. Um, the only, the only thing is, and I'm being honest, I'm, I try to be as transparent with our operations, but you'll have to pay for shipping of the t-shirt. Um, that's the big difference, but it's, it's really not that bad. It's maybe like $2, $3. Um, but still a great value. We, you know, we're not, we really don't even charge more for the t-shirts other than the, the cost of it. So, um, stay tuned for that. The poll ends the 1st of October 
and by then I'll have those designs ready to go and tickets will be going live for the event sometime in November. Usually the last two years we've done Black Friday, so we'll probably do the same. Um, but no, we're, you know, everyone's excited for all the events next year. Um, let me ask you guys what, um, I, I don't know. I know Todd, I see you voted. Um, you voted for the dance clubs. It's a better place to meet girls that are probably already drunk. (laughs) they're already a little loose they're just kind of hanging out i mean all right so would you be looking for american girls or uh vietnamese girls whatever one catches my fancy you know some a whole bunch of nurses you know maybe at the local Uh hospital would they would they be going to the club that you're going to be trolling or would you be looking for some uh, vietnamese girls well i mean depends on the day of the night you know maybe today i feel like local cuisine tomorrow i feel like foreign Uh, i mean you know all right. Yeah. Now, what about you, Stephen? What'd you, did you vote? Did you? Uh, oh, yeah, you did vote. I see you right here. Yeah, I went for the beach. Yeah, you went to the beach. See, I'm not a beach guy, though. I live by the Jersey Shore for a reason. I'll take the beach over anything. That's true. Okay. All right. So, and Mikey, did you vote? Uh, I did not vote, and that's because I'm still in the bush going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're not in Mama San's bush. You're in the bad bush. Yeah, I'm in the bad bush. Every minute that uh, Charlie squats in the bush, he gets stronger. <laughs> All right. A dedicated man, right there. Yeah, man. He's he's like he's passing up on his R and R. He's not even. He's like I'm just waiting. You know. I'll trade it to you, Captain. Let me just go back. Yeah. Yeah. Just just gotta uh, just gotta stack bodies, man. <laughs> Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. So, for this podcast and starting this podcast, we tried something new and we opened up um, questions from our listeners. And we had three people send in their questions. The first one being from Mike M., who's asking us what's the most interesting piece of gear you have. As in any piece that has an interesting story or just a really cool piece. So I'm going to start with uh, Todd for this one. (laughs) The most interesting piece I have with the best story is I went on Airsoft GI. I spent 50 bucks on a mystery box. I got it. I'm looking at it. I'm shaking it. I'm like, man, this is really light. I don't get it. I open it up. It's a piece of paper. And it said that I won the M12, well, what the hell is it? The, the minigun. Yeah. The original, like, classic army, you know, $3,000 minigun. And I'm, I'm not going to, I did a little dance. My aunt thought I was crazy. Um, sad to say, it only made its way out to one game, which was uh, Wasteland, was that two years ago, I believe? I think it was uh, eight. Yeah. 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 Two, two or three years ago, and sadly, uh, I, the strap, the carry strap I had, it popped, and it fell right as we like did our last little charge, essentially, or walk up, and it hit a rock. I pulled the trigger. I got about six BBs came flying out really nice, and then the rest of them just kind of like died. And when I went to take it into 
I believe I went to Strike Force, and I literally put the box on the counter, and the guy goes, what the hell is that? Is it what I think it is? But nobody knew how to work on them at the time. Yeah. So it's just kind of been collecting dust. Now that there's a few more out, I might try and revive her because she cries for the blood of her enemies. <laughs> Darius did have that fixed at one point because I remember using it at uh, Liberty Canyon. You weren't there, but I we believe, used it. I believe that was, that might have been, well, I don't know if that was, was that before or after I think Wasteland? it was before, it was before Wasteland. Before, yeah. yeah, it was before yeah. Wasteland, because I did give it to him, because I didn't know what I needed. Like, I didn't know all the tubes and whatnot, and, yeah. you know, I let him get a whack at it. Yeah, we used it, I remember. So that, so how was it, because you got to use it before I did? <laughs> yeah, it was shooting nice, man. Yeah, I was like, I enjoyed it while it worked. All right, Stephen, what's your uh, favorite piece of gear? Or most interesting piece of gear, I'm sorry. I should have gone last because out of uh, everybody on this phone, I think I got the least cool gear. Um, the most unique piece or interesting story one I got was this one AKM I got on a Facebook group group that the guy only had it, you know, like he bought it for a prop in a movie he did. Probably like a $500 budget movie, but still, hey, my gun was in somebody's movie. Nice. That's kind of cool. I was, I was like, that's pretty wild. Yeah. We should watch that movie. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know who the hell it was. It was so many years ago <laughs> I picked that thing up. All right. So every AK from this point on is potentially your AK. I'm okay with that. What about you, Mikey? Um, man, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I have shit tons of pieces that I love. Um, woof. Um, I have to say, off the top of my head, is probably my uh, my G and G FNC rifle. Um, it's my favorite piece of gear because I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, and uh, it was the main rifle in Metal Gear Solid Five, and for anybody that knows or is a fan of the weapon. Um, there is only two companies that made this gun and they were discontinued years and years and years ago and they only made very little of them and they're they're just about impossible to find like there's they're nowhere like i i challenge anybody to go find one right now the closest i got was trying to import one from germany for like 700 euros or something ridiculous it was insane i almost did it because i was just that insane about it um i searched for years for this gun uh to no avail and i uh i was just like i've been i was heartbroken about it for so long and then uh at the beginning of this year i was hanging out in the back of the ground zero airsoft shop um, I'm good friends with like Bones and a lot of the guys that work there, so I just like go chill in the back with them every once in a while. I was looking at the guns that were on the back wall, and uh, I just I saw the shape and I was like, no fucking way. So I picked it up and sure enough, it was a G&G full metal FNC, and I was like, I don't care who this is, I don't care like you and like I this is getting sold to me right now like who, who do I have to talk to and uh fortunately I have a really good relationship with the, with the owner Lester and I called him right away and he sold it to me for an insane price and I have a pretty 
beautiful and rare rifle out of it. It's got a systemic motor in it. It shoots great. It's awesome. I love it. It is a sexy rifle. It is indeed. It's my pride and joy. Wow. I may actually have the worst story. So, <laughs> real quickly, um, I wouldn't even say is that interesting of, of a piece, but it does have a, I thought, an interesting story. But one of my first, like, really good rifles I bought, um, it was, like, my prized possession for a while. I, um, maybe, like, the second time I played with it, all these fucking idiots piled their shit on top of it, in my, you know, above the gun bag. So I go to play and it's just fucking cracked in half metal like it was like a it was the um elite force uh m27 iar you know it's you know basically the four you know remember when the um the 416s were popular and everyone had that that's like that was i had that you know i had the m27 so it was just cracked in half i was so bummed i went and ordered um a new upper to fix it um apparently it was the they only sold the gas blowback and it didn't fit my aeg so what Darius, oh dude, I was so I was like fucking so pissed off. So what Darius did was stitch the. He actually made copper stitches for the upper. So if you look at if you look close enough, my rifle just has copper stitches going up the side of it. You got to give it to D, man. Yeah. He, uh, he he has his ways. Yeah, and then um, if I if I want to be sentimental, I'll have another one. Um, my Sog Fighter Sheath was custom made by CJ where if someone questioned me it was like oh that looks a little far but whatever CJ always plays the role as like a villager so I always look at it as yeah the sheath may not be the official SOG knife Vietnam fighter sheath but it was made by someone who plays a villager so I always like I always have like the backstory that it was like locally made by some papasan you know um I don't know that's that's kind of that's off the top of my head that's you know that's one of the more interesting pieces i have those are are two solidly good stories see you were worried i know you know it's funny when you opened up with the uh minigun i was like ah man that's actually the best story (laughs) (laughs) but um next question is from roman k which everyone should know who roman k is but um especially with this question you should know all, all know who he is Roman was asking about the future of post-apocalyptic airsoft and any other interesting out-of-the-ordinary airsoft events. So let me start the the answer to this is Broken Arrow, before it was Broken Arrow, we actually were going to just do post, uh, post-apocalyptic events um, and we all decided to hold off on that for three years to... Um, Three years is is up, so I would say in 2020 we probably will do some kind of post-apocalyptic event as Broken Arrow. Alright. Um, Todd, I know you're in a group that talks about it with myself and Roman. Um, Todd, do you... What do you think... I guess let's, let's generalize his question. What's the future of it? Because you actually went to that Desolation game and... You're big into the Wasteland series from New York City Airsoft, so you want to uh, ask, you know, talk about the f- future of it uh, from your point of view. I, I well, first off, I did I enjoyed that Omega the Desolation game quite a bit, um, and it definitely 
is intriguing and most likely uh, next year when it comes around, I'm probably going to attend again because I did enjoy it and it was interesting to see how they do it because they do it on a larger scale. And my hope is to, to be able to see things and be like, you know what, that's cool. How can I suggest it to, um, you know, an NYC Airsoft or even you guys once you guys start? Well, hopefully you'll come with me next year to Omega. Um, just so we can try and do it. I want to get more people. I want to make it more, instead of it just, hey, go shoot these people because it's the end of the world. I want it to be like, you know what? You're a survivor. Go out there. Uh, you know, we need, you need to start a community. And what are your main things when you need community, when you're starting a community? You need water. You need shelter. You need fire. So, you know, a source of nutrients. So I want to be able to try and incorporate that into future games and kind of build it where you know you you're essentially in charge of what's happening you know do you want to be uh you know that group of ravagers that likes to attack the the community you can but now you got to realize everybody knows who you are and the next time they see you they might not hold off and they might decide to just blow you away right do you want to be you know do you want to attempt to be the uh, the creator of a community and say, you know what, me and my five friends are going to start building something here. And you attempt it and hopefully it works in your favor. There's a thousand and one different ways this can go. And I would love to see every single one of them and more come to fruition is the word I believe I'm trying to look for, you know? Right. To your point, um, you know, like, uh, Broken Arrow is always like our since our inception has always been about you know doing things differently and being a step in a step above. So you know this is this is just posing a question to the group is like how do we get the Wasteland series to you know like kind of deviate from what other people do and and be different, right? Yeah, I think because I've I've only attended one Wasteland event up at UBG uh, many years ago when I was in college. Um, and that's that's the only experience I have with it. So this is definitely your guys' more area of expertise. Yeah, I think that's a great question that we're actually talking about, too, after this event. Like, Todd's been giving a lot of input into the NYC staff, like how to change up this game and make it not just a team-on-team um, shooter-up. How can we make this more immersive and try to flush out more from this one day game. I think that's where the hard thing is for these type of games is a one day is really hard to get that into it. Right. To where I'm like excited hearing Bay talking about that. I'm like, oh, because I know it's going to be a two day at least. <laughs> or so we hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, um, it's in the talks. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just t- the um, overnighters are tough. They're tough to schedule and to fit with everyone else's everyone else that has you know has other events going on and just other life life Air, events. Air so. season gets very busy and real life does not help. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it'll it's gonna happen though. It's definitely gonna happen. Um, a lot of people that we've talked to are all about it. So I think the support for what we're trying to pull off, as like Mike said, to be different. I think we need a really good support team, which we do have. 
I really think that's that's credited to the uh, or that credits the success that like Operation MacArthur and Operation Junction City had is like the support behind Bay is so good. So I think we will pull pull at least pull off a different take on post-apocalyptic uh, events. Well, that's the the benefit of I mean you know social media you know these Facebook pages you know uh, New York City Airsoft and Broken Arrow events. If you have ideas, you know, suggest them. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, even if it's, I mean, try not to go extreme where it'd be like, you know, I want, you know, death matches in a Thunderdome, you know, like, yeah, that'd be awesome, but kind of keep it reasonable and we, hopefully we can either embellish on it and, you know, you this way when you're there, you'd be like, you know what, this is an awesome idea, you know, like, I like what they did with, you know, my idea, like, I like how they tweaked it, I like how they did something else with it just suggest it it doesn't hurt to suggest it because if your idea isn't what we're looking for it may spawn other ideas yeah yeah no I that's think, uh, i think also too something to to think about as as um liam and and everybody has contributed to the like the world building of uh ragnarok the ragnarok series i think that maybe like the the world building for our post-apocalyptic world will, will be just as important for the quality of the event. Oh, definitely, right. man. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Cause you know, you know what it is, Mike too. And that's a great point is like, even if people don't like, even if the public doesn't know about it, it keeps us within the, the scope for writing the events. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to like all of a sudden out of nowhere for the Ragnarokker series, like, Oh, all right. All of a sudden, there's a time warp and real Vikings come out. Like it's not like, it's not like going to ever stray from what the world we created right. is. You know, um, even, even something as ridiculous as Fallen Pedal has a direction. Yes, no, it does. In a world that's that's happening around you. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, actually a great point. Um, and that's what you know. We there will there will be a backstory that um, will kind of keep us focused on what the overall event and the goals and the uh just the feel of what we're trying to achieve you know what we're trying to put out and achieve um so yeah like that's very very like the attention to detail and the the immersion is going to be there don't like don't worry um we have and then you know the good thing about post-apocalyptic too is like it can be all bets are off in a lot of ways but we will make you know we will like we all have like the same kind of um, mind frame where we want to keep it believable and not like ridiculous and crazy. I mean, that's our, that's our um, fallen pedal series, you know? Yeah. That's definitely the ridiculous, crazy time. So, yeah, I mean, other than, other than post-apocalyptic, he asked other interesting out of the ordinary airsoft events. Uh, not re- like, we really don't have anything like the most, and it's actually pretty. On that list. It's on that list, but it actually, you think about it, it's still a simple green versus ten, which may be considered ordinary. I don't know. Um, mm, yeah. We talked about the turkey shoot. Um, I had the turkey shoot game for years, and we always had to cancel it. So I was going to try to run it run it this year under Bay, and um, do it in November sometime. Uh, that's maybe out of the ordinary. It's, it's kind of, actually, it's kind of like very similar to, um, 
I'm trying to think what it's similar to. Um, I guess it might be similar to the old format of the Ragnarok series before it was Bay, you know, where we were doing it under Anchor and Star, where we had two opposing forces with, like, an Op 4 in the side, except for the Op 4 are going to be fucking guys dressed as critters. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really it. That's, a, that's, that's probably out of the ordinary for me. Not really my brand, but um, it'll be fun if we get, you know, if we get it out there and pull it off. So next question is from Anthony D. And it's actually back to Ragnaroker 2. Um, he's asking, will the TSG have a big role in the next Ragnaroker event or just a small side unit for added gameplay and story? Um, just a little background on Anthony. He put together a TSG impression for this series and he wants to use it so um nice dedication yeah so to answer his question i guess they're gonna have a they're gonna have both it's gonna be both i know we talked about it earlier in the episode but they're there to push story they're they're players but also player characters kind of like a mission prop in a way um not to dehumanize you guys i'm sorry but um they're there to push story, yes. They'll and they'll have a, a bigger role, yeah. All right, that's it for um, this part of the podcast, guys. Uh, so let's say goodbye, uh, Mike. Give us a send off. Well, uh, we'll see y'all later, guys. All right, Toddy, send us out, baby. Adios, fellas. All right, Stephen. Anticipation for Fangs of Fenrir. Keep your axe blades bloody. There we go. All right, boys. Take care. Later. Peace. Hey, baby. You got girlfriend, Vietnam? All right, listeners. We have a special guest for Bay of Bays. It's my sister-in-law, Annie. So say what's up, Annie. Hi. So I guess we're going to change the name for this podcast episode to Bay and Law of Bays. And um, Annie's kind of a special guest in the sense that She's not really anyone's bay in the bay staff, but she helped us out and modeled um, some impressions for us for, you know, advertising of events that we had. So I'm going to ask Annie some questions here, and uh, hopefully it's interesting stuff that that we're going to talk about. So, all right, Annie, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so... Annie, what was your first initial reaction to when Casey told you about all these events and and me starting to like play airsoft and that kind of thing? Uh, so I I feel like I heard it from you first, okay, and like probably just you know at a family function or something, and I was immediately like, I have no idea what this is or what you're you know, like what you're talking about really. Um, but I kind of thought, you know, without any prior information, I was like, this kind of probably feels like, like a paintball event, like something like that. Airsoft, I immediately thought like, you know, those like toy guns that you play with when you're like a kid and it's like the little foam. Like Nerf? Yeah, nerf. That's what yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I initially thought when I heard like airsoft. Right. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it. I was like, oh, like what? 
you know, where do you go for this? Like, you live in Queens, like, ever, you know, where where do you go for this? What? Right. Why are you gonna, gone the whole weekend? Like, right. what? So you, you know, it's definitely seemed interesting, but I had no idea about any of it. <laughs> so you, you never heard about it until you knew me? No, not at all. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's in the same family as paintball and, and Nerf in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, but thinking about Nerf, I was like, can't be. It can't be Nerf. <laughs> like, that, you know, like, when you think of Nerf, you, you think of, like, like teenage boys or, right. like, younger than that, you know? But, you know, people like actually... in their backyard. People get, like, hardcore with Nerf now, and they, like, paint their guns up to look like, um, oh, like, metal and stuff. I don't know. It's... It's like a whole nother really? hobby. Yeah. That yeah. sounds intense. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, all right, let's not talk about Nerf. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because it's a whole, no- that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> no, um, so yeah, like you, you never even heard of it. Like, um, mm-hmm. so there, there are like two things about what I do with the airsoft is like just going to play, but I also like run the events and the historical stuff like that. I think yeah. now you kind of caught on that. Like I run this, you know, like, we, you know, we, it's like, you know, it's funny when we went to um, the Grand Canyon, everyone was asking, like, there was like a whole round table of asking me about all these like st- stupid events that I run. So mm-hmm. I, um, I think that was really informational, though, because like at first I didn't realize that you ran the events or that you were like had any involvement in like, like organizing. Right. And and then like, and I think also it's kind of one of those things, or at least it was at first for me when like you don't know a lot about a subject, so you almost don't know the right questions to ask. Right. You know, like, I didn't know, like, you know, what, I didn't even know, like, a baseline for, like, what questions I should be asking or, like, you know, and I think I've definitely learned more. And now, you know, in the Grand Canyon when we were talking, right? it, you know, and that was even, can, like, actually have a conversation. And that was, yeah, right, that was after the photo shoot, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, so we brought you in uh, to do a photo shoot for two of our events. Um, it was the Doxiang, which was the Mike Forest. That was the Tiger Stripe uniform you uh-huh. wore. And then it was the Ragnarok Viking theme. That was like when you had the uh, tunic on. Um, yep. So when we asked you to do it, like how like how were you feeling about like obviously you said yes, but like. How were you feeling about like when we asked you to do like this photo shoot uh-huh. like the day of? Were you like nervous, excited, confused about like still what the hell you were going to be doing? Yeah, I was definitely excited because it seemed like it would be a really fun day, but also nervous because that's really intimidating, like being in front of a camera and like not really. I don't know. It, it just it was definitely scary, right. but. I mean, it was so much fun. Um, and it also, I didn't really know like what the vibe was going to be. Like, what would I be wearing? Like, right. I definitely didn't want to be like wearing anything too revealing. Of course. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Like I, you know, I remember sending you, um, some like inspiration and even like shots from like previous, um, photo shoots that Mike did and like nothing uh-huh. was like crazy. It was really just girls in Vietnam gear really, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and like that, that helped you like that gave you some like insight of what you were going to be doing it definitely did it and it was like it got me more excited i was like oh this is cool yeah i want to wear that <laughs> all right so um 
What did you think of the end product after the photo shoot was done? And I know you you got a poster for the Docs Gang with you and the Tiger Stripe. We uh, uh-huh. we used your your Viking photo for a few ads. Uh-huh. Um, like, how did you feel about the, any of the end products you saw? Um, I thought that the the Vietnam ones were like the coolest. Like, they came out so cool. Um, especially the one, the like poster one that you had had edited and and drawn up. Oh, you know with, what I'm talking yeah, about? yeah, with the lipstick, right? Yeah, with the lipstick. Yeah, that was and that was cool too. Like, you know, the lipstick was really like improvised. Right then, we were as we were doing the photo shoot. Like that wasn't a shot that we knew that we were gonna get, and right. then, and then we were like, "Oh, maybe we should put red lipstick on. That would be kind of cool." And then, you guys t- started taking pictures while I was like putting lipstick on, which was ended up being a really cool shot. Yeah. Um, and, but I li- I really loved the end product of that, um, that shoot and that poster that you made, which was awesome. Yeah, it felt very vintagey. Yeah, um, it's so funny. A few guys like asked for it, like if they can get it. And uh, one of the expos, we had like extras, and we gave them away to some guys. Oh, cool. Yeah, and actually, yeah. your your face is on one of the events right now. It's like it's like the it's like the banner oh. on Facebook. So, yeah, nice. we'll, we'll probably use that those pictures for a while. That, that gave us a really good marketing boost. Cool. Yep. So. I know you talked about how cool the gear was and how you wanted to wear it. Mm-hmm. What was one of your favorite pieces of gear or accessory that you got to wear during the shoots? I loved it was fun wearing a bucket hat. That was like the <laughs> that was fun. Um, but um, also I, I think that the coolest thing was holding like a gun. <laughs> Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> like I felt really badass and just like, like I just felt like a lot more confident. Especially you know, you're people are taking photos of you. You're you know, it's a little bit awkward. But then I'm like holding this really badass gun. Like it felt, it felt good. All right, that's fair. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I like the bucket and those orange glasses. Oh my you god! Yeah. Yep. The they're like. Um... Almost like aviators. They're like the yeah, they're like safety yeah. glasses. They're like safety glasses from like, I think the seventies. Yeah, they it, it was almost like, like rapey glasses. Like <laughs> a little like, oh, is yeah. this is this okay? <laughs> but they were pretty fun. All right. Yeah. And okay, so after being involved with the photo shoot and seeing all the gear up close and. He, like I've said, like hearing me talk about it and answer questions to every, you know, everyone, uh-huh. every time I see people, like they always see like my social media. So they're always asking me about it. Uh-huh. Um, has your opinion or your idea of it changed from when you first heard about it to like now after the photo shoot? Now we did the photo shoot during the winter. So you've probably heard about it many times after that, but like, has it changed now or? Like my opinion on. Yeah, um, like the clothing and and gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, initially, like I said, I didn't really know a lot about airsoft before, like meeting you and talking to you about right. it. But right. also, I feel like initially, I kind of just thought it was more about like playing a fun game, and the actual 
like thoughtfulness that goes into being accurate like time like time wise and like you know specific like being on theme is incredible like I didn't realize like when we were doing the photo shoot and I had on like some kind of sports bra underneath yeah and you guys were like oh that's not gonna work like nobody wore anything like that in during this time like blah 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 or you know the fact that some of the boots that you have you were like oh like I couldn't wear that to that event because that wouldn't be like people never wore that right during something like that I was like that's so cool that you put so much thought into that and it's actually really specific yeah and that's, it that's, matters that's really like for the, the Vietnam stuff we do that's like the toughest thing that we have to deal with yeah so yeah even like with shaving right oh my god <laughs> like I had no idea that you guys really like cared about that even but yeah. it, it makes sense yeah yeah, we try to be as historic. I mean, with the historical stuff, we try to be as historically accurate yeah. as possible. Like all the gear that you had on for the Vietnam shoot was like 100% accurate. Like that was probably better yeah. gear than what most people have when they show up to like our events. Like you look better than yeah. that. You'd be more, you're more believable other than that you're a girl. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so um, would you ever consider playing? I think I like I definitely want to come to an event and see what it's like. Yeah. I don't think I'd be very good or I think I I don't know how I would do actually playing, but I would definitely love to come and watch and like maybe be a part of like some type of, you know, helping out, like yeah. organizing, whatever, well, something like that. You know what's funny? The cool thing about the Vietnam stuff is that you don't you could be involved at like a very high capacity and not even have to shoot your gun or go out and, and get shot mm-hmm. you know um the smaller stuff i mean it doesn't really matter like uh it's like paintball like if it's like you know a regular one day event it's like paintball which i've yeah. i've played with you know i've played with you and your family it's very mm-hmm. similar to that um, yeah i wasn't very good at that <laughs> you know who was actually surprisingly good casey was she yeah she i I got hit and I was out early, like almost every round, because I would just run ahead and I turn around and I'd be like alone. I'm like, yo, everyone's supposed to be running ahead. What the heck? And I would get out and I would just, I was, there was one time I was watching Casey, I guess because she's like all like small and like, you know, squirmy. Like she was just like, she was good. She was like hiding from these like two like teenage boys and they're like, she's right in there. And like they were arguing where she was and she was just, she's like, she's like, yeah, I was just hiding in this corner waiting for them. I was like, that's pretty good for you. Yeah. She, I could see her being like scrappy and like, good with that yeah yeah and she's like pretty competitive so yeah it was just so it was so funny like all of you guys look the same aside from your ponytails i know i've said this to you guys before but i was like the only way to tell you apart was your ponytails i was like all right well, blonde people yeah it was like because you guys all, you had all had the mask on in the same jumpsuit so it was like yeah, yeah. all right brunette but a little shorter hair is ally brunette <laughs> with like blonde gradient annie high ponytail but brunette was Megan, and then blonde was Casey. It was, like, so funny. That's funny. <laughs> also, I'm, like, five inches taller than everyone. That's, yeah, I that's guess it. you can't really tell when you're, like... No, nah, it's, like, everyone... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. no, that was, like, yeah, that was, that's true, too. <laughs> that's funny. So, um, so would you... Did, go ahead. Sorry, what would... No, go um, ahead. I was going to say, 
what like what do you mean though it more involvement like without actually all right if so I, like went to an event so if you went to let's all right so we focus on on our vietnam event the most like i would say like uh-huh. if you if we if we accounted for our entire year of planning and stuff like 75% of all the events we do 75% of that goes into like our big august vietnam event where uh-huh. we have like you know the whole base set up and the tents like that we would like if you were going we would set up like a whole field hospital and give you the correct kit and you could be like a nurse on base so you could actually like hang out oh, and cool. like have fun and still be yeah. in character and be in the correct clothes and that kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, like um, most of us have, like I actually, I have all the medical tools for a nurse. And, uh-huh. I, and I believe Darius has the, uh, the uniform for a nurse. So we could actually probably put together like a, like a we'd have like a, a nurse there. It'd be kind of cool. They're actually cool. called, they're actually called donut dollies if you want to research it. Sorry, what are they called? Donut dollies. Why? I don't know. Donut? Actually. Donut, donut dollies? Yeah, like Dunkin' Donuts, but like donut dollies. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I, I really don't know. I'd have, you put me on the spot. I. Sorry. I have to, yeah, I have to. I want to know now, though. Yeah, I'll have to research it. But you know what? If, you, if you're really interested, look that up. Um, and uh, yeah, well, we can probably put together a good donut dolly. Most, you know what's funny? A lot of the bigger reenactment events have uh women show up as donut dollies and stuff really yeah we actually have okay, some well, i'm in for the, the next one there's there's actually one woman who's a freaking badass she <laughs> actually leads the nva like the north vietnamese like she's out there Sorry, leading what? so the north vietnamese are like you know the the communists uh, she's like their leader at, at one of the events oh wow yeah she's badass <laughs> So. All right, um, so I'm going to hold you to it, and I'll uh, okay. research what a donut dolly is. Okay, sounds good. And then, um, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if you go. We we always try to get females, but I understand there's a whole bunch of like sweaty idiots uh, running um, around, so it's it's not very appealing. But yeah, but camping would be fun too. Yeah, it's right? it's um one guy he was actually on this episode earlier. He calls all these events action camping. So, action camping action camping <laughs> so yeah well, it would be very similar to like the grand canyon um mm-hmm. but you're in vintage gear so i would love that All right. and then i get to eat more mres yes <laughs> yes and fart <laughs> uh-huh yeah. and have digestive issues for a while <laughs> yep yeah i think i i think i just recovered this week so good <laughs> <laughs> so all right annie thanks for uh coming on um we'll leave it leave it at us farting is the sign off um perfect so, just how i wanted to end things yep. so annie say goodbye to the listeners okay bye guys thanks for listening all right annie thanks for coming on we'll see you guys in a month where we talk about a few more things Holly came from Miami, FLA. 